must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and welcome to Great Men Back Then, the show where we talk about great men in American history. Except sometimes we also talk about great women in American history because there definitely are some amazing women that should be talked about. And although today we will not be discussing a woman, we will be discussing the husband of a woman that I featured a couple weeks ago. If you've listened to my show recently, you may remember the episode that I did on Elizabeth Smith Friedman, a code breaker in both of the world wars. She also helped bring down Al Capone because she was a key witness in a series of trials. Well, today I will be talking about her husband, William Friedman. He was also a code breaker in both of the world wars and had a huge influence on American history. Now today I will primarily be focusing on William as an individual what he was like in his home, how he treated his wife Elizabeth, how he interacted with his children, as well as his friends and family and those around him. You can do a simple Google search and find out many of his accomplishments relating to the world wars and his background on education, but what you cannot find as easily is how he was as a person and how he interacted with other people and some of his more personal struggles. And so that is what I really want to focus on today. Usually it's not as easy to find this kind of information, but I've been reading a book. It's actually a book about his wife, Elizabeth. The book is called The Woman Who Smashed Codes. And although this is primarily Elizabeth's story, it does talk a lot about William and his life story as well. And so I've gathered a lot of my information from that book. And so that's how I'm able to know a lot of the more personal details about his life. And so we're going to jump into William as a human being first, rather than a code breaker. And his story is definitely a unique one. It's definitely sad in a lot of ways, um, but it's very honorable and admirable. And it should be studied and more people should know who William Friedman was. So let's start towards the beginning of his career. He graduated from Cornell in 1914. Um, He was always very studious and very intellectual. And his first experience with code breaking was actually the same as Elizabeth's. He started working for George Fabian at Riverbank Laboratories and... Fabian had a theory that Shakespeare did not write all of his plays. He thought that he had help from a man named Lord Francis Bacon, and that Bacon was actually the man behind a lot of Shakespeare's plays. So Fabian taught William a method of encoding messages invented by Bacon, and he wanted William to carefully examine the text of Shakespeare's play 
to prove this theory. Now, this work was very tedious, but similar to Elizabeth, he loved the challenge. He and Elizabeth were both very intelligent people, and their brains worked together in a similar way. And so they spent many hours, many months trying to prove this theory. And this is initially where he was introduced to kind of code breaking. And he realized that his brain loved this type of work and he felt as if he was really fulfilling his call by doing this work. After months of trying to prove Fabian's theory, William believed that there was really no real evidence to prove that Bacon helped Shakespeare with his plays. Now, although it may not really seem like it, this was a really difficult thing to bring up to Fabian, and William really struggled how to do this. Fabian was very closed-minded when it came to someone disagreeing with him, and especially since Fabian had dedicated so much of his life and kind of prided himself on this theory, and also considering the fact that he was most definitely not a humble person, it was difficult for William to bring up this controversial belief that this theory has no evidence and it he basically proved that it was falsified because there was really nothing to back up this claim. It was especially hard to admit this to another worker at Riverbank. Her name was Mrs. Gallup. And although she was very kind, she always uh, was very gracious with William and Elizabeth. She'd spent literally years of her life trying to prove Fabian's theory. So she for sure was not going to admit that all those years were basically a waste. And so that was kind of a trial that William went through. But he stood his ground in claiming that Shakespeare did write his plays and that he didn't have help from Francis Bacon. And um, even though there were doubts, like William definitely contemplated, am I the crazy one here? Um, But it was basically William and Elizabeth had to realize that they were pretty much the two best code breakers in the nation. So they eventually listened to the voices in their head telling them that this was a dead end. And I think this says a lot about William as an individual as I even though this was definitely a difficult thing to face to talk to Fabian and let him know that he thought his theory was pretty much garbage and useless he always stood for truth and he was always willing to do the right thing even if that meant stirring up some dust and having to have difficult conversations William's work at Riverbank was definitely a vital part of his journey in many ways. I mean, number one, it's the first time he ever has experience with code breaking, uh, which then starts this lifelong journey of becoming one of the most well-known code breakers in America and having a very honorable career. But also the second reason is because this is where he met the love of his life, Elizabeth. Their love story is kind of funny, and it's also very unique. The two had worked together for quite some time. They were uh, very good at working with 
each other. They were great comrades. Their brains seemed to work together in a way where they really complemented one another. And even their co-workers could never decide upon if one was smarter than the other. They just seemed to perfectly complement one another with their intelligence. And so it was as they were working together that William started to fall madly in love with Elizabeth. He was just head over heels for her. And if he wasn't focusing on his work, he was focusing on her. She definitely consumed his daily thoughts. And something that was interesting about Elizabeth and William is that the environment they were working in was definitely very fast-paced and busy, but they had the ability to focus solely on their work. Well, at least Elizabeth was focusing solely on her work and nothing else, and William was focusing on his work and doing a good job with that, but also daydreaming about Elizabeth and what it would be like to hold her hand or to stroke her beautiful hair. He was always thinking about her as more than a friend, and he longed for that day. But he was really worried about ruining their friendship and also this um, workplace relationship that they had built with one another. They had such a unique bond, and they were very similar, and it was a relationship that they both treasured, and so they both were pretty hesitant on moving forward with anything romantic just because they both genuinely valued the friendship and they loved the way that they worked together and especially Elizabeth. Uh, she always wanted to be something extraordinary and for her to be working with a man and knowing that her intelligence matched his, it was something that she really valued and had worked for pretty much her entire life and she was making her own life for herself, and she didn't want to ruin this relationship that she valued in case anything went wrong when they started to pursue a romantic relationship. So not only was William scared about ruining their friendship, but he also knew that his family would greatly disapprove. William was a Jewish man, and his family had the expectation of him to only marry another Jew. In fact, William's brother said that if he still lived at home in their little Jewish community, that he would have been exiled if they knew that he was pursuing Elizabeth and thinking about the possibility that they could be more than friends. And this was something that William's family believed to be a very serious matter. At the times, the Jewish community thought that marrying a non-Jew was basically committing suicide to the Jewish people. And if enough people uh, didn't take this seriously, then soon all the Jews would disappear. And so they really thought that this was kind of like a genocide whenever other people would marry non-Jews, and they definitely took it very serious. And although Elizabeth's family did not take it as seriously as Williams, they still didn't love the relationship. She came from a Quaker family, and so her family didn't really approve. However, Elizabeth didn't really have as hard of a time uh, as William because she really did not care what anybody thought about her. 
especially her family. Uh, she kind of had a feud with her father because she was very determined to make her own way in life and not let anybody else tell her what to do. So the fact that her family was a Quaker family and didn't approve of her potential relationship with William really didn't bother her. She kind of just did whatever she wanted. You are listening to Great Men Back Then. I'm your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today we are discussing the American codebreaker, William Friedman. William's love for Elizabeth eventually became too strong and he decided to pursue her. Now, Elizabeth kind of gave in and allowed this pursuit to happen. But at first, it was definitely an unrequited love. Um, William was way more into Elizabeth than she was into him. I think she viewed him as just a really good friend and she didn't want to hurt his feelings by letting him know that she wasn't in love with him like he was in love with her. When Elizabeth went back home to take care of her mother, who was dying of cancer, the two wrote many letters to each other. Now, these letters were only friendly letters, and Elizabeth made it very clear to only write your friend, Elizabeth, at the end of all the letters. Now, although these were friendly letters, you can definitely tell that there is something between them that is more than friendship. And these letters only made William's love grow stronger for Elizabeth. He would keep her updated on everything that was happening at Riverbank and let her know that he missed her dearly in all of these letters. But being careful enough not to be too carried away with his feelings so that he wouldn't scare her away. But he was very careful about choosing his words wisely because he wanted to have this friendship with Elizabeth, but also let her know that he is interested in being more than just friends. So eventually, they decided to be romantic with each other, but even then, William was still more in love than Elizabeth was. In fact, it was not until after they married that she became in love with him, and we know this because she later admitted it in her diary. She um, admitted that she married him without being in love, but going back and reading the letters um, between them, especially whenever William... um, enlisted in World War One, it is very evident that she eventually does become very in love with her husband. Their marriage at first was more of an agreement rather than an act of true love, and William later admits that he really had to hide his excitement and his feelings of love for Elizabeth um, because she was pretty chill about it, so he didn't want to, like, overdo it, I guess. Um, however, We will soon see that their marriage brought them together and they eventually fell madly in love with each other. When the U.S. entered the war in 1917, William entered the war as a codebreaker. Now, he mostly did this to escape George Fabian because Fabian was a very toxic man, to say the least, and I don't use that word lightly. He truly was toxic. He was bad-tempered. He paid them, like, the same starting pay, even though they were doing way more work than what they had originally been doing, and some months he would even forget to pay them. And so that obviously was not good, and they were just kind of tired of his dark side, 
And so William enlisted in the war uh, to gain a reputation for himself. And he promised Elizabeth that they would move away from Riverbank right after he returned. So he was gone from Elizabeth for an entire year. And during that time, they wrote many letters with each other. And they spoke in code about Riverbank and Fabian because Fabian was known to actually spy on the couple. And he also intercepted their mail because um, he wanted to keep them to himself at Riverbank. Uh, Elizabeth and William would receive job offers from other places and Fabian would intercept their mail so that they would never know about the job offers. And so obviously William and Elizabeth did not want any of Fabian's spies intercepting their love letters. And so they would talk in code whenever Elizabeth would complain about Riverbank and Fabian because they did not want one of his spies to intercept a letter. Elizabeth uh, would often write to William um, expressing her concerns about Fabian's dark side and she even alluded to him sexually assaulting her one time to which William replied and called him that nameless rascal and he said he wanted to hurt him and this was really bad for William because not only did he terribly miss Elizabeth when he was away from her but he he oftentimes struggled with insecurity and feeling not good enough for her and to know that she was not safe at Riverbank and that Fabian was taking advantage of her. This just made him very, very angry and anxious all the time. William wrote to Elizabeth encouraging her and he wrote, quote, honey, don't be afraid to take a step. You have ability and more brains than any other woman I've known. You can fill any job a woman can and many jobs that men can fill, end quote. They also wrote a lot of letters to each other where they invented their own little codes, their own little love codes, which if translated properly, it would say, I love you and I adore you. After William came home from the war, they escaped Riverbank and moved to Washington because they had had enough of Fabian's little tricks. And it was during this time that the Freedmen's decided to have children now, although Elizabeth was kind of hesitant because uh, she always pitied her mom for being a housewife and birthing and raising nine children, William assured her that would, it would only be a continuation of their love. They had a girl named Barbara and a boy named John Ramsey, and their daughter inherited their parents' fascination with language, whereas John Ramsey was the complete opposite of her and had no interest. William's code-breaking days became more intense when he was helping with World War II. He was dealing with very complex codes, and he also was learning very classified information concerning Germany. He knew what was happening to the Jews and this caused him to become depressed and have a nervous breakdown, which eventually led him to go to a psych hospital. And I touched on this a little bit in my last episode talking about Elizabeth and how this was a pivotal moment in his life. Uh, he was really never the same after this breakdown and he credits Elizabeth to helping him um, climb out of this horrible state. He said she's the one who let down the rope in which he climbed out of this miserable state he was in. And if it were not for her unconditional love, William was sure that he would not have recovered. And although he was able to return to 
you know, kind of a normal life after three months, he would never be the same man again, and he would struggle with depression for the rest of his life. And to make things worse, after his breakdown, he was honorably discharged from the army by reason of physical disqualification. And this just enraged him because he really thought he was cleared by the hospital. And so he was very upset after 25 years of, you know, devout dedication to the army and to code breaking, they discharged him. And this only added to his depression. And although he eventually had the chance to get back into classified work and was credited as the man who broke purple, he was never quite the same. When William died in 1969 because of a heart attack, Elizabeth made sure that he got the credit he deserved. He was buried with full honors at Arlington National Cemetery. William Friedman was a man who sacrificed many things in his life so that America could be at peace. He is great for his contributions in the world of code breaking and also because his perseverance during difficult times. For all these reasons, I argue that William Friedman was a great man. You have been listening to Great Men Back Then with your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.